This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Cheryl, it's been a... It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week since the last episode, and it's been quite a week, wouldn't you say? Oh, I would say, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk today. Mm-hmm. Me too. About the... <laughs> I feel like we're doing an SNL sketch where the energy could not be lower. <laughs> but we're, we're talking about the Queen of Versailles today. We are talking about the Queen of Versailles we're also talking about uh, leftovers at restaurants. <laughs> Dog bags. Well, if you want to give away the the big moment of the episode, yeah, we can we can cue people into dog bags. Well, that it'll all make sense later. And let's not keep people away from dog bags any sooner. Yeah. You should get in there and listen to this. Here's the Queen of Versailles. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Cheryl. Tig. I see your little face in the little screen. <laughs> I see your little face in the little screen as well. So nice to see you. <laughs> so nice to see your little face in the little screen. Welcome to Tig and Cheryl. True story. Whenever I mm -hmm. say that, I feel like I'm directly welcoming you to your own show. I feel like that too, and I appreciate it. I don't ever get a welcome, though. Nope. Okay. It's not how it works. Today, we are talking about the Queen of Versailles. We sure are. I saw the this documentary, docu yeah. Yes, I, I saw this years ago. Yeah. And then I rewatched it. When you rewatched, because I saw it before and then I rewatched it again, uh -huh. Uh -huh. was it what you remembered it to be? For the most part, I didn't mm -hmm. really remember um, the, what's his name? Who is the dad? David. David? Yeah. I didn't remember his son. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I remembered that they had eight kids. No, I don't remember that they had so many kids. Yeah. You mostly remember her. Oh, yeah. Well, she's the queen. Yeah, you mostly remember the queen of Versailles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stephanie was saying she feels like it was one of the first kind of pop documentaries that she feels like got attention in the way that it did. 
Um, yeah, I think a lot of people watched it at the same time for uh-huh. for whatever reason. Well, for a lot of reasons. I mean, uh, and we'll we'll talk about it, but there was such a um, a crash, a financial crash mm-hmm. uh, that everybody was feeling. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were feeling it to different uh, degrees, but this documentary <laughs> is like... Um, Most people like... weren't feeling the crash in the way <laughs> that these guys <laughs> did. the king and queen of Versailles. Yeah. So I think it was... Uh, I think for, for a lot of people, it felt like, oh, it's nice to know that even super rich people were feeling some strain well and that's kind of what reminds me of um the pandemic yeah is because there's so much in life that where people can feel that they're they're comfortable or they're set or they're you know they can rely on this particular lifestyle Mm -hmm. and then you see even when i've driven around nice areas of los angeles you just see furniture dumped out in the yard Right. And I don't know, is that an eviction? Was that a breakup? Was this... Right. But it's something in an area where I didn't see that before. Right. Right. Well, because everybody was stuck in their homes, regardless of who you were or how much you made. And so, you know, it was... Everybody was locked down without warning, I think, is also was a big deal yeah. because nobody saw it coming or people right. would have really, <laughs> I think people would have approached it differently, <laughs> yeah. but people were just stuck with, it reminded me of, um, what's the, um, what's that game that kids play where the music starts? Ring then, around the rosy. No, but then you have to grab a seat and there's only pin the one. tail on the donkey. No, no, you run around. Pop goes go, the weasel. No, you go around the chair, musical chairs. <laughs> Wait, did you know the whole time? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, musical chairs. And so all of a sudden you have to sit down wherever you are. And people the hokey were pokey. Like... <laughs> and people looked at their spouses and just, you know, I think a lot of people have been like, ew. <laughs> oh, what, my God. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I thought I'd never have to spend so much time with you. I know. It's really, that's where Stephanie and I have been lucky because... Obviously, we are not perfect people. We do not have the perfect marriage, but we've done well, I think, because we're so used to working together. Mm -hmm. Uh, We write and produce. We're about to co-direct a feature together, and we're just kind of used to being around each other. That's pretty amazing. What happens? Do you have a like a code word if one of you is really getting on the other person's nerves? Do you just say lamb chop? Um, well, that's the pet name that I have for her. So I say (laughs) lamb chop leave. (laughs) That's pretty direct. I feel like at that point you could just say Stephanie leave. Yeah. 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 Or, and she calls me lamb chop. So she'll say Mm. lamb chop leave. You lamb chop leave. Lamb chop, you need to leave. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) it's not really our, our pet pet. name. Okay. Do I look like I would be? No. I don't think that you would take that as a um, uh, term of endearment. You don't. You don't like lamb chops. No. It's like tofuti. Hey tofuti. Hey tofuti. Leave. Leave. You would be like, okay, honey bun. I will. Yeah, I'll give you some space. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it reminded me a lot of. And maybe people are not familiar with the movie. Do you want to tell people yeah. what we're I'll talking tell, I'll tell about? Them. Oh, I will. So The Queen of Versailles is a 2012 documentary directed by Lauren Greenfield. And it profiles Jackie Siegel, a former pageant queen, and her husband, David, the owner of not an international... Not a pageant queen. <laughs> not a pageant king. <laughs> he's not unattractive, but he's just No, not. but he, he appreciates attractive ladies. He does. He does. He was the owner of an international timeshare company, and these two construct what will be the largest single-family home in America. And meanwhile... The 2008 recession hit, severely damaging the Seagulls' finances, and it forced them to reconsider their dream home. So the Queen of Versailles premiered at Sundance, where it won the U.S. Directing Award. This documentary is um, it's very entertaining. It's so entertaining. I noticed, if this makes any sense, I noticed at one point that I hadn't noticed how long I had been watching. Yeah. I I feel the same way because there's something so the the main uh subject I won't call her character although she is a character is Jackie um Seagull and mm-hmm. she is she's just an interesting character study mm-hmm. because she is uh how old is she she's like 43 in this documentary and she had won Mrs. Was she forty three? I thought he always threatened that when she turns forty, he was going to trade her in for two twenties. Yeah, I think that was their joke, uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he was seventy something, seventy something, <laughs> threatening to trade a beautiful young woman in for two even two. younger beautiful uh-huh. women. Mm-hmm. Oh, David. Um, oh, so we have a clip of Jackie introducing herself. Let's just listen to Jackie's okay. voice for a second. My name is Jacqueline Siegel. I am in Orlando, Florida. I'm a 43-year-old mother of eight. I am from Binghamton, New York. I'm not a city girl. I'm a small-town girl. When I grew up in Binghamton, New York, pretty much the only place to work and make money was IBM. And I figured I could either be a secretary and work for an engineer, or I could be an engineer. So I, I got my computer engineering degree, and then I worked at IBM. I mean, so just when you're introduced to her, you're drawn to her because I love that she said the only place to work was IBM. You could either work as a secretary or you could work as an engineer. So I wanted, I decided to be an engineer. I, I was drawn to her from from that moment well she she's an interesting person in in that she clearly has to be intelligent enough to get that degree but she has something that feels a little ditzy yes but yeah there's Mm -hmm. there's uh, there's just a mix of you know when i think at the end of the movie um when she wish she had more information and maybe she could have helped or done things differently (laughs) but it is true it's like maybe it would have been helpful to incorporate her into some of the decision making or or let her know about what's going on 
Right. So these two had quite a, a, a dynamic. They had quite a, uh, or I guess they're still together. They have quite a uh, partnership, if you will. Also, I was yeah. thinking of you, Cheryl, because mm-hmm. you're from Orlando. Oh, this struck home in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> this really, I'm telling you, I that I really enjoyed it because of that reason. Have I ever told you, I, I actually like Orlando. Mm. And I, I don't think about... Orlando. I know Orlando is Disney, obviously, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there are very cute areas of Orlando. Very cute. And and a lot of really great restaurants and cafes yes. and bars. Mm-hmm. And I think people just think Disney only. They do. And so when I, you know, traveling around and having these experiences where I, I, I'm not in town for Disney and I'm checking out the town and I, and then I tell Stephanie, oh, I like Orlando. There's cute areas. And people, especially <laughs> Stephanie, she she's she makes fun of me because I'll come back saying, oh, Louisville, Kentucky is awesome. And oh, I love St. Paul, uh, Minnesota. And I love Orlando, Florida. And I just have these experiences in, you know, I love Cleveland. And, and she's just like, oh, my gosh, Mm-mm. if I hear about another... <laughs> city or town that is not obviously hip I'm gonna lose my mind (laughs) well it is true Orlando you know when I yes I'm from Florida and I lived in Orlando for a long time and when people would ask me where I I was from I'd say here and they would it was like you knocked them off their feet they were like what why are you who is from Orlando nobody's yeah. from the, it's, in their minds only people migrate there you and Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. so the seagulls they have a lot of money he has a lot of money from these timeshares which is also an interesting story because he had orange groves yeah uh, and my grandfather had orange groves and just just a little insight to my um, childhood tig you'll like this my grandmother had orange groves, and one of our little tasks when we went to visit him, we had to take a coat hanger and the the irrigation pipes, these pipes by the all the trees. It was coming from a lake, and sometimes little minnows would get st- stuck in the holes. Oh, and we'd have to stick the. You have to um, push the minnows through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does Peta know about this? Uh, <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Uh, but anyway, I'm just I'm just giving you a little color into what's it, what it's like growing up in Florida. Okay. So, um, so not fancy, in in a lot of parts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not Miami Beach. Miami Beach is like a separate Palm Beach, separate, and then the rest of Florida is just sort of a grab bag of, uh, Florida f- fancy pockets. But a lot of times not so fancy. Tom Petty is from Florida. I know. I know. Gainesville. Um, So anyway, oh, so David had these um, orange groves Mm -hmm. and this developer wanted to buy them to put up a timeshare. And David asked, what's a timeshare? They explained it and he said, no, I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm going to do it myself. Mm Mm-hmm. So he developed his own land into a timeshare and became very successful. 
Very successful. So after, you know, building these um, timeshares, they decided to build the biggest house in America. I mean, so, so big. 90,000 square feet. When, when Jackie's walking through there with, I guess, a friend, her friend is thinking that they're walking into the bedroom and she says, no, this is my closet. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of how big 90,000 square feet, feet, foot of houses. Foot. Feet. Foot. 90,000 square foot of house. Foot of weird. house. Foot. 90,000 okay. square foot. Square feet. Foot. Feet. Um, the average home in America, do you know how, what the square footage of an, an average home in America is? A thousand? 1,600. So 1,600. And these people were building a 90,000 <laughs> square feet. Square feet of house. It was inspired by Versailles because they went and they saw Versailles and they... They modeled it after the top three stories of the Paris Hotel. In Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas. <laughs> and it had 20 bedrooms, two grand staircases, a bowling Ten alley. kitchens. Ten kitchens, a sushi bar, two tennis courts. But, but why? Why not? How, how else full, are you going to get rid of that money? A full-sized baseball field, a playroom with a stage. Oh, a space for an orchestra for black tie events. It's like your house. <laughs> it's exactly like my house. <laughs> it's exactly like your house. Oh, my gosh. I have an orchestra pit. Even when it's yeah. not for black tie events. Right. Yeah, I know. How... Whenever I'm over there, it's like the orchestra strikes up. And I'm like, you guys, just... just yeah, Tig and I are okay. trying to chat. Yeah. But let's listen to... Uh, you want to hear um, Jackie talk about why, why they wanted a new house? Of course. <laughs> the reason why we really want the bigger home, for one thing, I think my husband deserves it. I think it'd be a lot, like a lifetime achievement. I think he's worked so hard. And even though this house, which is 26,000 square feet, is so big, we're bursting out of the seams. Who is bursting out of a 26,000 square foot house? Who is bursting at the seams? The seagulls are. But I, I think it's interesting that she feels like her husband deserves that house. Mm. I don't know that anybody deserves a that house. Deserve is a, an odd word. Right. It's it's like, oh, we just wanted to have some fun. You know, to say... We deserve. It, it feels like people that are down on their luck in life or maybe had no shot at anything good deserve that house. Right. That's right. who might deserve. Right. The person that's, you know, uh, doing the groundskeeping at a grade school that's yeah. the person that deserves it right it's just an interesting word it's <laughs> you know if you're if you have that kind of cash and you want to make a house that big right that is your business i wouldn't use the word deserve we deserve this why didn't they go 100 100 i don't know i would have felt like let's just go for 100 just round it up yeah 90 feels like you didn't try very hard. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. 
you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's hear from David. So, David, um, it's interesting because at the beginning of this film, Mm -hmm. you know, they're both full of, oh, what are they full of? themselves well and um he seems very into her like i don't know what she sees oh, in me. right right yeah i don't <laughs> know what she sees in me oh and he doesn't need viagra not yet but yeah if he does oh, it's okay and how can somebody like a 74 year old yeah 70 man yeah wonder what a young beautiful woman sees in him <laughs> how can that how can anyone when, say that when they're building? But the he seems to really, really right. deliver that. Yeah, like he really doesn't know. He doesn't get it, but hey, he doesn't get it. Yeah, he found the right one. Yeah, and I do think, like she said, she almost learned to love him. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do believe she does. You love, do? I do. I oh, do. That's sweet. I think she. She definitely wants to be loved. Yeah, and I think... I think she loves him. You're right. She cares about him, and she... Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's how do you define love? Mm. It, it can obviously be interpreted in so many different ways, but I think that... I believe when she said that if they downsized to four bedrooms, that she would not leave. You know, they'd get bunk beds. I agree. I, yeah. I really felt that she was telling the truth. I know. That's what's so amazing about this documentary mm-hmm. is her attitude because mm-hmm. she l- loves being the queen of Versailles or as the um, realtor described it, the queen of Versailles. 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 <laughs> I think she said Versailles. I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, at the beginning of this, David was saying, hey, I I make everybody... Everybody's lives around me so much better because they know me. And he was just like so full of himself. And here he is. Oh, let's just listen to David talk about why he likes money. 
Everyone wants to vacation like a Rockefeller. We show people how they can. Everyone wants to be rich. If they can't be rich, the next best thing is to feel rich. And if they don't want to feel rich, then they're probably dead. Hmm. You know, this is unrelated, but I just have to share. Please. His voice reminds me of Patton Oswalt. Oh, Patton would not appreciate that, I don't think. Well, he can take it up with me. But I hear Patton when this guy talks. I don't, I don't, that's interesting. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I hear a little Patton Oswalt. Okay, well, when we make the uh, film version of this, oh, I could play uh, Jackie. Oh, yeah. I just cast myself and Patton, although Patton, <laughs> he's not that much older than me. I don't even know if he is older than me. Well, he's he's going gray, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not, and, and I have you're a natural blonde. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, do you think everybody wants to feel rich i don't know i think there's people that um probably would love to have security i mean that that must be everybody who who wouldn't want who wouldn't want to go to bed at night thinking i don't have to worry about paying my bills i have plenty of you money would to pay you would think that but i think there are people that self-sabotage and there's people that have very low self-esteem that don't feel like that they are worthy of a good life oh. and they wow. and they can't even allow for that oh or i think they even push it away in saying yeah i don't want to be rich maybe because they know or feel they could never be so they act like they don't Mm. want it you know whether it's true or not i feel like Mm. i've met people in life that have that kind of attitude yeah but i wouldn't say everybody wants to be rich yeah, I don't know if rich is the right. Word. I don't believe I mean, that. rich is different than uh, comfortable, self-sufficient. Yeah, comfortable. Comfortable. That's how my stepdad says it. Are you comfortable? Uh, yeah. Um, is he worried about your finances? Are you and Bobby <laughs> no, comfortable? He, no, he's never talking about my finances. He just wants to know, you know, are my slippers comfortable? Oh, I see. Uh, he's from Georgia. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know. Just thinking about um, timeshare for a uh-huh. second. Do you know much about timeshare? No, but I um, was on vacation once with my friend Shannon, and I see where this. In is order going. to get a free dinner, like a five-star meal, we had to go and look at a timeshare. Yeah, and um, we had absolutely no money. Yeah, and so we really just had to go with this group of people looking at. Yeah. A timeshare just to get that that yeah. meal. It was worth it, right? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm not I good mean, in those kind of situations. I'm immediately I like, I gotta get thing. out of here. Oh no. Also I, I was in uh Tahoe with my sister. Mm-hmm. Dr. Becky Dr. Hines. Dr. Becky Hines. Uh you know one of our listeners has uh, named their dog Dr. Becky Hines. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I bet there's a few. I bet there's a few people. I hope so. Who have Please named their dogs? Hit us up on Instagram. Yes. Ew! Don't ever say hit us up. That's I too never silly. said it. Anyway, but yeah, we went through the time sh- timeshare spiel for fifty dollars. Oh. 
so we could gamble and it was so worth it. We were like, yes, I would love to sit in the air conditioning for an hour. Was this recently? No. (laughs) (laughs) This was last year. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, but so the idea is, um, and I'm, and tell me if you, if tell me if this is the right explanation for it. This is what I think it is. So let's say David, uh, What's his Siegel. last name? Siegel. Buys a big building. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like they, I'm sure they look like condominiums, mm-hmm. right? And then they say, oh, if you buy into this for $10,000, every other year you can come and stay in one of these units for a week. Does that sound right? And then people realize once they're into it, oh, it's never available on the dates that I need to go and um, I need to get out of it. I don't want to keep paying $10,000 a year because it's we're not using it and you can't get out of it. And it's, you know, it has a bad reputation, mm-hmm. would you say? Yes, for sure. It's- and then David's son, who is selling these, he's kind of the head sales guy, head sales yeah. pitch man. In Vegas. In, in Vegas. Vegas. Um, right, because they, yeah, they have a big building in Vegas. And, he, and he's promoting this as this is a way to avoid a heart attack and stroke by a timeshare and your health will improve. I'm not saying that's wrong, but when you pan around the room and you see people that are going in to look at the timeshares, they're clearly not on top of their health in many different ways and i just that was bothering me that Mm. they there was a a few people that looked like an unhealthy bunch that maybe it's if anybody believes that a timeshare is solely that's that really bothered me because he he actually said this could save save lives lives. and i just think that is such a low yeah. Low, down, dirty way to make people cough up their cash. Money they don't really yeah. have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I wanted somebody to jump in and be like, oh, well, hold on. That might be true. But here are some <laughs> other things that we can do to deal. <laughs> eat right and exercise. Yeah. Eat, yeah. <laughs> eat right, exercise, <laughs> get rest, and mm. have some laughs with loved ones. Mm. But buying a timeshare is not going to save your life. Sorry, I had a lot to say. No, but it worked. He was very successful in in selling the timeshares. And we actually have a clip of, what is his name, Richard? Yeah, Richard. Doing his spiel. Good morning, Whiskey! Why are we here? To save lives. And you thought you were just selling timesharing, didn't you? <laughs> we sell vacations. Vacations are healthy for you. Do you believe that? Yes. I can show you the articles and the studies. Those who take the fewest amount of vacations are most likely to have a heart attack. You're just like a doctor, a nurse, a fireman, a policeman, a lifeguard. They all save lives, and you all do it too. Wow. <laughs> the timeshare crew is like a doctor. <laughs> I, I don't know why that part bothered me so much. 
It, that really bothered It really you. bothered me. Because they're taking advantage of, of vulnerable, vulnerable people. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it just is. To say that selling these condos puts you <laughs> at, on the same level as a firefighter mm-hmm. or a doctor. I mean, again, I'm all for vacations. I make them a priority in my life. I like to go take nice vacations relax time off yeah everybody should take time off. it's good for you yeah there's other things at play (laughs) (laughs) with a healthy life you don't feel like you're saving anybody's life when you go on a vacation you check into a hotel i feel like like i'm adding to my health and well-being but i'm also trying to eat right and exercise and get rest and have a cackle with friends and family you would have been a terrible timeshare sales terrible person. terrible so this was in 2008 mm-hmm. the housing market crashed yes because the banks were loaning people so much money that they couldn't repay right so so everything crashed and they were stuck with this building in in las vegas that they could not um they couldn't they couldn't pay yeah and it was huge it was huge and four months after it opened the company that built the timeshares sued westgate which was david's uh, company for unpaid bills and then david siegel had to lay off seven thousand employees that's four months after they made a had a big gala opening yeah so this was the beginning of the end for these guys, for the seagulls. Don't give away the end. <laughs> <laughs> but seven laying off 7,000 employees, and that's, again, that's a point where I really, <laughs> when I say I connected to, I couldn't possibly pretend that I have 7,000 employees. But I have people that, work for me in different, you know, in my production company and at my house and your mansion. <laughs> I do not live in a mansion. <laughs> but um the orchestra members, go ahead. But just that that was a part where I was like, "Oof, gosh, you know, when the pandemic hit and I didn't know what was going on and then Stephanie and I were always home with our kids, we didn't need the help that we had before because we weren't going anywhere right and we could clean our house we could watch our kids and our our schedule just shifted and so i don't know that part really it, it's, it's hard it, yeah it's, it's a it's hard mm-hmm. it's it's a responsibility that that you have t- taken on as an employer yeah um and imagine having seven thousand that was that was what blew my mind is any sort of hard decisions that we had to make or figuring out different schedules. Thinking of 7,000 of those people, and I know this happens all the time everywhere. This is not the only company people lose jobs all the time, pandemic or no pandemic, but it just, I don't know. There was just a lot of parallels with now and this time period. Yeah, I agree. Because when that when that crash happened, mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who lost their homes. Mm-hmm. 
and just lost lost everything basically mm-hmm. had to just move out of their home because yeah. they couldn't afford it, it was uh my, my brother was one of them mm-hmm. it was brutal you know yeah so so yeah so so the this crash is happening and now um now the seagulls have to sell 350 million dollars of their assets <laughs> <laughs> Why that's bye bye plane, <laughs> yeah. Bye bye cruise ship or whatever you're oh, floating around. I did. By the way, I did love the um, shot of her on the boat. It looked like they were on a lake, and they probably were if they were in Orlando. Um, on a boat in her fur coat, <laughs> like a motorboat, wasn't a yacht. It was just like yeah. Somebody was skiing, but or I, yeah, I think she wears that on the treadmill too. You know, I don't think that that is for just the black tie That's event. That's true. No, no. She, if if there's a draft, she's got the fur. Jackie's going to have a fur coat on. Oh my gosh! And speaking of fur coats, yes. all the dead stuffed animals around the house—that was another thing. That was creepy. Their dogs. Oh my gosh! Would die, they, and he'd have them stuffed, and then they would. They just around. lounge on a piano, like in there, a dead dog just lying on a piano yes. or something. But by the way, I mean, I think they had like 10 dogs. Yeah. And can we just talk for one moment about I know the what you're going to want to talk about. Dog poop situation. There was a dog poop situation because as they started to lose more money, their money. and their help around the house. Yeah. They had like 19 employees and they had to cut it down to... Two or three, three or two something. or three. I mean, and think. I mean, even still, that's even that's still. A, a, uh, whoever's a nice living life. in the ho- whoever's living in the house. Th- this is for any listener. If if you are living in a house and you see dog poop on the rug, it is your responsibility to pick it up because but you just also, saw. Also, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the, the kid, the mom, the dog, the nanny. <laughs> The dog named Dr. <laughs> Becky Hines. <laughs> the dog. Dr. Use your Becky. little paw to swat the poop. I mean, nobody out the should door. walk by dog poop on on the the carpet or human poop. Let's be honest. If there's any sort of poop, yeah, it's rule of thumb. And not to say there was human poop on their floor. I'm just but saying we don't know any right. w- any type of poop. Just you know, lend a helping hand. Yeah, uh, and pick it up. But there was. Once the help started to disappear, more poop appeared. Mm-hmm. And what are these dogs not trained? I guess I was wondering the same thing. I was thinking because I have we have a dog door here, so the doggies can go out. But I mean, if maybe if the house is so big, did you just they- call them doggies because people call them doggy doors? Well, because I was gonna, I meant to say doggy door, and I said dog door, and I just wanted to make it clear that that you had doggies. doggies. <laughs> I know that it's I know that they're usually called doggy doggy doors. I feel like what age do you, do people abandon doggies? But the, but you still say doggy door. I know. That's also like when you go out to eat and you get a a doggy, doggy bag. Doggy bag. You still say doggy. You don't say I you, need a dog bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get your doggy bag and then you come home and crawl through the doggy door. You do, and you do. Uh, excuse me, can I get a dog bag? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because that sounds like you're going to pick up poop, doesn't it? Like a dog bag. Yeah, a dog bag sounds disgusting. <laughs> it sounds 
Like it has steaming poop inside. Oh, my God. Okay, we don't need to. Okay, listen. Look at this disgusting dog bag. I was just saying that maybe. A doggy bag. A doggy bag is adorable. That tells you. And that's specifically to bring home to feed to your dog? Yeah. Your your doggy. That is so weird. Would you like a doggy bag? That is such a weird... Nobody says that really anymore. They say, do you want a to-go box? Nobody asks people anymore if they want a doggy <laughs> bag. It's just so... It's so... Is it so like 1950s? It is. It is. Oh, I can't Pardon finish me. this. Pardon me. Can I get a doggy bag, please? Thank you. <laughs> Nobody says... My Nobody grandmother says is probably the last person I heard ask about... A doggy bag. A and doggy then do people bag. go home and, and always feed, feed that to their dog? Or is it a leftover? We're going to get a doggy mm. bag. I feel like people eat what's in their doggy bag. Yeah. I mean, I guess. What I... is in your doggy bag? <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't eat steak or anything like that. So I don't know if somebody orders a steak and there's a bone left. Do they say, could, could I get a doggy bag for this for my doggy sure but i don't know anyway the point is take oh sorry i kept thinking that maybe because the house was so big yes that these little dogs didn't know where they were supposed to be going Mm -hmm. so yeah you think the dogs were lost i'm saying that even if there was a doggy door dog door (laughs) how can there was a dog door um which actually sounds like a dog door sounds like they're opening it with the handle with the doorknob doesn't it okay a dog cartoon door. brain <laughs> but anyway yeah but okay would it be two paws on the handle no it's just one or just one yeah no, circular for some motion they can grip with it. the paw oh for some mm. reason they can all right and the point is there's a lot of dog poop in this documentary yeah, I mean, I, clearly the director, uh, Lauren, you know, this was up for a, an Oscar or won an Oscar. No, it won a, a U.S. directing award. Oh, same thing. But but, <laughs> I'm just saying, just if it had won an Oscar, and and, and this is and, what we're focusing on. Well, or just that that was part of the movie. It was just a lot of poop on the floor, <laughs> and the Oscar goes to. <laughs> And that was the highlight. That was the real, the, yeah. the, the clip that they showed. Yeah. Or how about the clip where the dog is um, playing with a cockroach? Mm-hmm. And like the Oscar that. goes to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I feel like obviously those moments help make things look terrible. But who hasn't had a cockroach? Of course. I mean, you listen, know, when you live in Florida. Zigzagging around dog poop in their house. <laughs> but truly, I just, Florida, you're in they, Florida. Are they, are, yeah. No, there's no way around them. And they're, they're big. There's and literally so, no way around them. I remember being in Mississippi. Did Florida have the kind of yes, roaches that Mississippi yes. have where the roaches have necks? And they necks? can turn their heads left and right. Mm. Those disgusting kind of roaches. Flying around. What about flying yes, roaches? Yes, flying, yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. Disgusting. But but I guess I guess the the thing is too is like if your little dog was playing with a giant cockroach on the floor would you just walk by and go oh cute is that what happened yeah because oh, I feel like I didn't I would that. say hey uh, 
Stop. step back from the cockroach and let me get it and flush it down the toilet. You would say that entire paragraph <laughs> to your dog? I think I would. I I think I would I think I would have had a reaction, but Jackie never seems to have a big reaction to to any of this going on. She's no. she and I can't tell if it's and it's not my business, but I couldn't tell if it was if she was self-medicating and maybe that's that was why she was so um or a frontal lobotomy mm, wow <laughs> wow no she did have yeah, i mean to be fair people think i've had yes. one but um <laughs> but she she definitely seems very chill and it's interesting to see her when things escalate with david where mm-hmm. he's being rude or snapping at her and she just she doesn't seem to take the bait. No. When she'll she'll say, "Oh, can I get a kiss?" and he's like, "No, get away from me." She's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll yeah, be in Yeah, this the is after the money started to go and it wasn't so much about I don't know why she likes me. <laughs> that kind of vibe <laughs> started to go away. I was very amused when um when they flew commercial and the kid said, Mommy, why were all those people on our plane? <laughs> yeah, because when they started losing their money, they had to keep cutting back and cutting back and cutting back. And, and when they rented a car, I have to say, you know, I was the subject of a documentary on Netflix. And so I feel like there are moments where I can tell that maybe the producer or director suggests Mm-hmm. a little moment to go mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. and I felt like when she was renting the car and she said okay where's my driver I mm-hmm. felt like that was orchestrated Maybe. by the director I felt the same way I yeah. felt the same way because it's like there's who the, in America yeah, yeah. thinks that a rental car comes with a driver and there's a it can't be one person. yes you you had a life before him you weren't just born into this and you don't know that you have to drive yeah. your own Hertz, Hertz rental car. <laughs> so when so when they start needing to um, scale down, Jackie is still spending like crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, she's going yeah. in person now to Walmart. That's true. Filling three baskets. That was another thing that I wondered: is this the direct? Is this the people right. orchestrating to get? You know, trying to cram all those toys into the the shot yeah. yeah yeah to really show you what's going on but but then when i saw the fancy party that she threw i mm-hmm. thought oh i don't think so because yeah. it looked like she was giving presents to everybody right and they were they were bringing presents so it felt like oh this happens every year and she is not going to go without it this year right but so when so they had to put versailles their house that was only 50 percent built it was not done it was not even close to done they had to put it on the market it was like 50 percent finished right right it was about halfway finished um so the bank made them put it on the market and so they what was their listing price a hundred million million. (laughs) that's why i said who's buying a hundred million dollar house that's not even finished (laughs) i mean that seems like the worst deal (laughs) Who is Ooh, a hundred million. You're watching that house on Zillow. How could that not be a turnkey house? It, it, oh, it went down. I get an alert on my email from Zillow that that house I've been watching has gone down ten thousand dollars. 
Ooh, let me check the school district. <laughs> What's the school district like near that hundred million dollar home? Oh, it was it was insane. Yeah, and it was a big deal when it went on the market. And uh, oh, there was media coverage. Should we listen to the media coverage? Got a hundred million dollars is burning a hole in your wallet right now? Then you can buy the palace that timeshare mogul David Siegel already wants to sell, even though. It's not even complete. The largest single-family home under one roof in America. It's bigger than the White House, and it could be an entire land at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. It's a replica based on the royal palace of Louis XIV of the 17th century. Okay, so they start cutting back, cutting back, and now, yes, the kids are having to go to, to public school, and for the first time, she thinks, oh, no, my kids might have to um, go to college. Go to college. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It, I thought that was fascinating to think that there's not an interest in education. It's it's no. solely about money. Yes. And I understand, obviously, that this is about money. But I did. It was just an interesting window into, oh, well, we have all this money. So our kids will be able to bypass an education. Yeah. I mean, and listen. I don't have an education, so I'm not saying one needs an education. Right. But, um, but just to it, assume that they wouldn't, they, that they wouldn't be interested in wouldn't getting an education. Wouldn't want it or need it for whatever right. different reasons. And by the way, as the um, film goes on, David is becoming more and more agitated, depressed. Mm-hmm. He's locking himself in his family room hoarder office hoarder office i mean it was truly a serious hoarding situation mm-hmm. and then and she would come in to say hi or to ask him to come to dinner with them at the table they weren't going out they were cutting back and he would just you know snap at her and was mean to her and then she'd try and send some of the kids in to Oh, that say, was the I saddest. Oh, and he didn't say it back to his son. That was the saddest. Yeah, it's it it really really spirals into an unpleasant situation all around. Um, I mean, not to say it wasn't unpleasant <laughs> before they lost their money. There were definitely unpleasant uh, aspects as an outsider looking in. Right, but when you think about the kids being included in something that they don't have anything to do with you mm-hmm. know what i mean yes yeah yeah because i didn't get the feeling even that the teenage girls felt like i i want to have lots of money because even when a jackie took all the kids to go see her friend what was did they go to virginia hmm. and they were all the kids were playing in the pool and they were having fun yeah. together and it was you know just a reminder that kids find happiness yeah, they just Doing. want to hang out. Yeah, they don't need lots of money. I was just curious what your feeling is about sharing personal stuff about your child or children or putting them in the spotlight in any way. or uh, In the spotlight? Well, I mean, I, I certainly want them to make their own path because mm-hmm. I... I think it's important for kids to figure out who they are and what's what's going to make them happy. Because like we're talking about, I don't think money 
makes people happy. I think it can definitely relieve stress and burden when it comes to paying bills. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. But I also think I know uh, plenty of people who have lots of money who are depressed, Mm -hmm. who don't want to get out of bed, who don't feel a sense of purpose. And um, and I don't, I, I want my kids to find what they're passionate about and, and do it. And I know it's, you know, it sounds good, but it's not easy. What about you? Well, I was just thinking, just even in my stand-up, I've started to look at things a little differently just because I'm not by myself in the world. I have a spouse and I have children and um, not that I let any fear of what they might want or think of me now or later completely control me, but I do try and consider others with what I'm sharing and how I'm sharing it. And Stephanie and I stopped showing our son's faces on Mm. social media like a year ago, maybe. Um, just because they're not old enough to make the decision if they want to be included in something like that. Mm -hmm. And so we share things, but we don't share their face or too many specifics. Details. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But as far as what they want to be or do, I, yeah, I hate to sound cheesy or cliche, but really what makes them happy and if that brought a lot of money or barely got by, if I knew my kids were happy, I would be, <laughs> I would feel like I really, really succeeded. Yeah. I when know. I think of them as adults and if, if, if my kid was trying to make it as a musician or was, you know, a a janitor. I know it sounds so cliche and yeah, right. But it is so true. If their heart and soul was free of heaviness or despair Mm -hmm. and they were joyful Joyful. people, yeah, I would be so thrilled. Well, you know, what's the saying? You're only as happy as your most unhappy child, Mm -hmm. something like that. But it's true because you feel that for them and you want that for them. Um, yeah. So I'm searing it back now, but I, t- I completely agree with you. I think we're, once again, it's easy to say and much harder to do. Yeah. So in mm-hmm. the film, David's really has fallen apart. He has no joy in his life and he has no appreciation seem- seemingly for his family, for his wife. And he only is concerned about the money. And he even says in the, uh, he's, at the end of the film, he is so irritated with the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, can we wrap up? Are we finished? At the finished? beginning, he was like, hey, if you know me, you're lucky. <laughs> and at the end, he's like, this has got to be over. And then, uh, okay, also spoiler alert, I, I don't think I needed to see the clip of him shirtless on the tread. Tread, oh, see, I needed treadmill that. in his loafers. I needed his loafers. that. I needed that. <laughs> I absolutely needed that. But he that. even described this as a, uh, instead of a rags to riches, a riches to rags movie. Yeah. I have to say, um, even though my very good old friend, Christina, 
was one of the directors of the documentary that was made about my life, uh, even though she worked on the documentary and everybody was so nice and great. And it was a great experience. I can imagine because I reached a point where I was like, it's okay, gotta, I got to need a minute. I it's got, I've got to get got on with my to get out. Yeah, of I don't this know how people do it because I mean, truly, especially with his life spiraling right. the way that it was, I'm sure it's, it's like, cute seriously, anymore. we have got to wrap this up because my story gets a little off the rails too in my documentary and I just kind of wanted to just have some alone time. Yeah. <laughs> and and it wrapped up in a nice amount of time. It was only over a year that's, that they were filming. That sounds it was crazy a lo- to me. That sounds crazy. Well, they weren't living in my I house. I know, but it's got to yeah. be every day. You must feel it. You must feel the weight of it. Yeah, for sure. I was I was ready to be finished. And it was a real treat to see the finished product and be like, great. I'm glad I gave all to this and I'm proud of this. Don't but, need to do it again. And people have asked, well, what about <laughs> the future? What if, what if Would you and Stephanie ever do a, a reality show? Never. No. Never. How no. about the Kardashians? Like the, doing it for so long. I've never seen that. Well, um, I remember Stephanie had showed me a video of somebody. Have you heard of the Kardashians? Of course I have, but she was dying laughing showing me a video of somebody imitating Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And you didn't get it. I just no response <laughs> on my face. I was like, I don't this just looks like a person It's talking. crazy to I don't think know that what Kim Kardashian. Yeah, well, just that, that that they have had cameras on them for so long. Yeah. So Tig I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say the Queen of Versailles was a riches to rags story. Yes. Um, yes. And are you ready for the, our final thoughts? I am. I'm. Uh, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Thought every story has a happy ending, but every episode of True Story does, and it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary, The Queen of Versailles. Tig, would you recommend this documentary? I absolutely would. I, I've recommended it many to times. To whom? Um, what kind of person? Uh, I, I don't know. What kind of person? Mm-hmm. What um, category? Only <laughs> bisexual, <laughs> Latino. I mean, you um, think anybody... Elderly? Anybody, everybody will like this? I feel like, I mean... Everybody, I'm trying to picture my stepfather. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think. Um, well, you know, I mean, maybe if he was sitting around with a group with our family watching mm-hmm. it, he might, you know, have a little cackle here or there. Yeah, it's interesting because so many people lived through that uh, 2008 crash. So mm-hmm. I do think that a lot of people will relate to it. Yeah, relate. And like you said, even with what's happening now. I think mm-hmm. people, a lot of people will relate to it. And it's very, this documentary is very entertaining because of the the people. It is. It's very entertaining and there are very funny, amusing mm-hmm. moments. But there's also very unfortunate, sad, mm-hmm. devastating That's moments. Um, so it kind of runs a gamut. It's not like just a laugh right. fest where you just, these are just, funny quirky characters or you're just laughing at the demise of this family it's you're more just like oh my gosh the housekeeper just moved into the dollhouse which is true 
It is true. The housekeeper moved into the little playhouse in the backyard, and she was thrilled to have her own space. Yeah. To be fair, I would have, I would have too. too. I would have been fine with and that. And how about... I, I was like, this is actually really nice, this dollhouse. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would be elbowing her out of the way. And how about one of the kids that loves to sleep with one of the nannies in her little room? Yeah. And that that was the other thing is all the people that worked for them were so sweet, so sweet. and just kind, hardworking folks. Right. And so which which character would you invite over for dinner? I think we would probably invite the same person. I mean, Jackie. Oh, I was going to say the ha- the nanny. <laughs> I really like the nanny who who dressed up like Rudolph. She oh, was Rudolph. So cute oh, so that's sweet. for sure. That might have gotten the biggest laugh out of me and Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie really went off. Well, because at first you think it's going to be a really sad moment because Jackie is kind of making her dress up like Rudolph at this yeah. fancy Christmas yeah. party, but she had a ball. Oh, she, it was like she stepped into her skin yeah. finally. <laughs> it was, it was, she realized in that moment, I am Rudolph. <laughs> but yeah, there, it didn't feel sad at all um, once she started doing the Rudolph dance. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, or even tiniest takeaway. Well, I think it really does make you think about money. I I think about mm-hmm. very extremely rich people. It's hard for mm-hmm. me to understand the difference between fifty million dollars or five hundred million dollars. I would say when people get to five hundred million dollars, it seems like that is the sweet spot where you start hanging out with only people that make $500 million. Yeah, that's true. But the $100 million, are not, they're not sitting around the grill outside waiting for their Mm-mm. corn dog. <laughs> Do you grill a corn dog? Mm. No. I personally don't, <laughs> no. No, I do um, not. But they're not like holding their paper plates waiting for, mm-hmm. you know, the coleslaw and the cheeseburger. But I feel like if... That's a really good point. <laughs> Uh, what was the biggest unanswered question for you? I mean, it was more of a, a a general question. Will these people have any grasp of reality or normalcy in a in a positive way? Mm-hmm. You know, will will that fall be a wake up call? Or will it be, oh, we fell and we got to claw our way out of this? Yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's more of a, a, a bigger picture question. Uh-huh. What about yourself? I was very curious to see what happened with Versailles. I mean, because mm-hmm. w- because when the film ended, it was really uh, David did not want to let it go. And um... Have you had something you didn't want to let go that you knew you had to let go of? And it's time, or you can't afford it, or... I... Because even though I don't have a $100 million home, I feel like anyone can relate to that. You just want more time. You just got to push it. You just got to hold on. Yeah. We can work this out, or I can dig myself out. I I have... Because I I come from a very little money growing up, so I, I tend to try not to anyway overextend myself because I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want that feeling as a matter of fact the first time I had enough money to buy the the bag I wanted 
like I bought this mm-hmm. Marc Jacobs bag because after I got my first big job and uh, I didn't take it out of the bag and I returned it. You left the bag in the bag? I left the bag in the bag. I didn't use it. I didn't touch it. I you ret- didn't let the bag out of the bag? Okay. I didn't let the bag. And I took it back uh-huh. because I felt like, I don't know, what am I doing? This is crazy. <laughs> and then I thought about it. And How then- much was it? I don't even know what Mark Jacobs. I mean, it was probably like five hundred dollars or something. Uh huh. Six hundred dollars for a purse. Okay. Yeah. So I felt like okay, I don't. Let's not do this. And I took it back, and then I thought about it for two weeks, and then I went back and bought it. So and, anyway, the the point. And is, then you returned it again. <laughs> then I. So used, you're not like David. Who you're not like? I deserve this. <laughs> no, I know. I was like. I was like you were saying. I'm like. I don't know if I deserve this. I uh-huh. better just cool it. Who do I think I am, Miss Hotshot? I love to think of you always purchasing in that same manner. I do. I still do. You buy it, you return it, and then you buy it again. Yeah, I do. Because I'm like, who knows if you're going to work tomorrow? You like to get a deal? I do like to get a deal. But I uh-huh. also love the feeling of, okay, you just got a job. You go and you get something fancy. And then I'll go and get something fancy and be like, whoa. I could have gotten three dresses for that one. Anyway, <laughs> we've got to wind this down, Tig. Okay, people all are, right. I'm got, sorry. These people have things to do. Do you want to promote your uh, TV show? You guys, I'm on a show called I Can See Your Voice. She is. It's on Fox on I see Wednesday her social nights. media. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to. You're going to love it. You think it's up my alley? Mm-hmm. 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 What about you? You've got anything going on? I have a podcast called Don't Ask Tig. Mm-hmm. And then I also just wrapped that action film, Army of the Dead. When it's does that come, come out? It's going to come out next year. Not Exciting. Till next year. Exciting. Oh, and Star Trek just premiered today. Um, the new season of Star Trek. Oh, wow. So um, Jet Reno is back. That's my Ooh. character. Okay. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the show, it's really, really good. It's fun. It's fun to be part of the Star Trek universe. Aww, I can't do the um, live long and prosper hand, but but it's fun. How can you not? That's ridiculous. It's you really cute. can't do it? Oh, my God. I feel like you're doing a joke. Is that a bit? No, I'm not. Do- no, like, I, I can't do it. That, right? I can't do it. Oh, for You him. should be on the show. Thank you. I would love to. Yeah. Thomas can do it. That's weird. Yeah. Well, um, don't judge me. You guys, thank you for joining us and listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for continuing to listen. Our oh. fans have been um, continuing to tune in, and our numbers keep growing. We love Exponentially. You. Love it. And we really, really appreciate people uh, listening to the show and I think we should do it again let's do it again Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me Tig Notaro and Cheryl Hines it's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willette audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willette with music by David Sesson special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts we really, really appreciate the feedback. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. 
On next week's episode, we'll be talking about Amanda Knox. That was a HeadGum Podcast.